I'm Dana Gonzalez, co-founder of Perception. Welcome to the Perception channel, where we have casual conversations with design heroes, inspirational leaders, creative partners, and friends. I'm here today with founder, chairman, and CEO of RGA, and my former boss, Bob Greenberg. Bob, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much. So I just want to give everybody a very quick background. It's going to be very brief, and then we'll just get into some questions. So I know you started the company with your brother in 1977, yes. right? And, uh, and today, it's basically the world's most influential digital agency, which blows my mind, because when I was working here, it was about 100 of us, yeah. and now it's in the thousands. So uh, congrats on all that. Thank you. So you have seven offices in the United States, and you have eight internationally, and you're gonna be growing that, I'm sure. Yeah. You also have a ton of awards, not only RGA, but personally. A ton? A ton, and if we went through all of them, <laughs> we wouldn't even have enough time to go through all of them in this interview yeah. if we went That's through true. all your uh, personal accolades. But I know uh, you have the, the Conline's um, Lifetime Achievement Award, You've, you were inducted into the Marketing, Advertising, and the Creative Hall of Fame. True. So um, it's just amazing how, you know, when I knew you, you were such a little boy. And <laughs> so um, let's get into some questions, because I'm sure everybody wants to know a little bit more about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you went to school, where you grew up. I went to a school in Chicago. Um, was an absolutely terrible student. Um, mainly based on um, the fact that I had undiagnosed uh, dyslexia. And um, I didn't find out that I actually had dyslexia, and I'm a really um, complicated case of, of, uh, of that, uh, until I was 35. So it really impairs your ability to read write and in some cases to, to, to speak uh, but uh, and, and to ask it's just about everything so you know it's not bad once you overcome it mm -hmm. and then every year because now I'm uh, 68 it actually gets better so um, so it's not a problem and with it comes a benefit of um, being able to see pattern recognition in some odd way because of the miswiring mm -hmm. that causes dyslexia. So I've always thought that it's, 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 it's probably better than, than, uh, than, uh, than, than I might have uh, thought. But the, um, because of that, I did very poorly in school. Um, pretty sure I had the lowest SAT in Illinois. Um, I struggled getting into university, but I eventually wound up graduating from uh, Arizona State. The Sun Devils, right? The Sun Devils. Yeah, all right. So what set you on your I don't career? think I ever went to a football. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> what set you on your career path? Um, I think that, you know, I, I didn't feel that I was very uh, smart because I was always in remedial classes and struggling academically. But my uncle really helped me uh, tremendously. He uh, gave me a job, and he gave me a computer. Not a computer, but a hand, hand computer. And with that, I started to, and, and a job. And the combination of working for him, his mentorship, uh, I built the business in Canada 
to be large enough that we put up a factory in uh, Mississauga and I got a lot of confidence because I was running uh, operation um, which meant that I would run the plant, the office, and sales and it gave me a really great understanding of business that later I could um, apply to our Greenberg Associates. Interesting. So how did you get your first big break or do you consider that your, your first big break? My, my first big break was definitely my uncle um, and his mentorship. My second came from when I left um, my uncle's company and joined up with my brother. Um, I think in a way that was a tremendous break because we were moving into a new area which eventually became known as um, graphic animation, motion graphics, uh, which led to visual effects, which led to the start of our Greenberg Associates. And it didn't take me very long to take something that was a startup with just my brother and myself living and working in this tiny apartment to build it into um, an operation that was about 50 people and doing, doing a lot of great work in, uh, in commercials and feature films. So you mentioned, you know, your, your uncle, and it's funny because when I talk about you with, you know, family members and friends, I always uh, refer to you as my Uncle Bob <laughs> because you gave me my big break out of school. And eventually you said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to work in Digital Post. And literally, I think a week later, you threw me in there and I worked my way up. And uh, it, was, it was just mind-blowing how, how much creative and, and excellent work that you were just cranking out all the time. And then we actually were the first places to get a flame yeah. back in the day. And um, a couple of uh, guys from Digital Post learned that. They went to the West Coast at ILM. Yeah. And then that next week, it was like, Danny, you're in the Nike uh, um, session with clients starting Monday, so be ready. Wow. And I came to talk to you, and you were like, don't worry, just be fearless, you'll be fine. And it's just <laughs> like, all right, if Bob's got confidence in me, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. So, Glad um, it worked out. Yeah. What were some of the most difficult decisions uh, over the 40 years that you had to, to make running the company? I think the, um, the difficult, most difficult decisions when my brother and I um, separated. Um, uh, his um, his ex-wife, uh, Paula Silver Greenberg, was also working with us, so it made it very complicated when you're dealing with family. Um, and when you're um, taking something that you started together and, and separating, moving in, into your own direction. But um, I think that that probably was the most difficult thing. So what's the meaning behind resetting the company every nine years? Why, why the number nine? Um, my wife, who is um, numerology, uh, not by trade, but by interest. And she follows it uh, continuously, uh, what's happening in, in, that, in that world. Um, noticed that um, the big shifts and changes happened in a nine-year cycle. Um, I wouldn't have noticed that. Um, and I don't know that it's exactly nine years. You know, it could be eight and it could be ten, but it's the period of time in which 
uh, technology impacts and disrupts um, businesses. And you know, you can see things happening on a much faster scale right now, but that's that's what happens. So after so much success and, and awards, what motivates you to, to get out of bed and, and come to the office? Um, I think I think it's a really interesting business. Um, we've grown it into some new businesses. We have a major part of our business now in startups, uh, which we call the Accelerator, which we sometimes call RGA Ventures. Um, we have a new thing that, that's doing very well, which is um, our version of business transformation, which is essentially consulting. We have always the new restructuring and direction that we're taking RGA as an agency into. And then we're building products and services and partnerships. And so the whole thing is constantly evolving and we create this um, pretty interesting um, uh, innovation lab that never fails to be uh, of interest and is always changing. So it doesn't sound like the word retirement is uh, in your vocabulary anytime soon? No, not in the nearest future <laughs> anyway. I think it's up to um, really my health. Uh, which is great, so I'm not thinking of anything currently, but you know, as you get older, um, things become different. But um, I think, you know, in my case, my wife is not looking for me to retire. She's actually looking for me to stay working. The biggest fear she has is that we'd have to spend more time together. <laughs> Interesting. So what mistakes have you learned uh, in the past that you could offer as advice to uh, you know, entrepreneurs that are coming up? Um, well, we make a lot of mistakes. Um, I think uh, you know, I'm one of those that are of the opinion that if you're not making mistakes, you're not growing. And so you know, I'm all for making mistakes. I'm just not for um, uh, continuing make them and where they're not big enough to have a huge impact on the company so you know we we're constantly um, uh, making some wrong decisions and choosing a wrong direction but but it gets gets um, straightened out because of the executive team I have and the interest that we have in uh, continuing to grow and be financially successful. Mm -hmm. So in a company now at, at, at this scale, how do you uh, inspire, create passion within the creative team, the executive level, and everybody else here? Um, well, um, I get inspired by the work and the clients and the challenges that we have. And then, um, I think I'm pretty good at distributing um, uh, not just work but responsibility and uh, giving people a chance to grow within our organization from within and uh, with communication. So 
Um, we have our town meetings, our town halls they're called. We have our um, newsletter, we have future vision, and we have um, you know everything that we do online. And I think the combination of it all um, keeps people motivated that we're, we're moving in the right direction. I also think as, as a lot of businesses are struggling now because of their industry or their um, decisions, uh, we're doing extremely well and I think people want to be at a company like this. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, you know, uh, back when I was at uh, RGA, you know, you were a leader that was more on your feet than you were at the seat. And by that, I mean, you know, a lot of people would just sit in their office and they'd yell and tell people <laughs> what to do and things like that. But you were always walking around. You know, you'd come into my room and I'd see you and I'd be like, well, if he's motivated and if he's looking at everything, I better do, you know, really good job. So I think that was a key for me anyway. And I feel like, you know, I'm sure you still walk around and, and, and look at all the I work. I do, I'd, I'd, like to, um, I'd like to see more. Um, I went into a meeting this morning on uh, business transformation, which is our consulting division, and we had clients in from uh, Turkey, and it's a big multi-billion dollar company, and um, you know, I don't know, we'll see how it works out, but I think that we've sold through um, what, we're, what we're trying to sell to, uh, to these clients. Um, we had a very good meeting, I was really proud of the team. So is there anything that RJ is working on currently that you could actually talk about? Yeah, we don't have a problem so much with uh, talking about things. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we've created here in, in New York in our new space is the whole idea of connected space. And, uh, you know, there's literally, of all the things that we've done, 40 plus innovations, there's not anything that's confidential. The only confidential thing that RGA has is its client's work, which uh, um, not everything's confidential, but, but quite a bit of it would be, and that, that we can't uh, talk about until it's released or it's approved. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So you've always been a, a, a visionary in seeing the future. What do you see in the next, uh, in the near future, what do you what do you what do you see? Well, I think the theme that we have been working on, and we've put it into our mission statement and into our um, copy line, is RGA for the connected age. So we moved ahead from the agency for the digital age to the connected age, and now we're in the process of moving into the uh, intelligent age. So intelligence is AI, um, artificial intelligence, and it's also VR, AR, um, mixed reality, and all those sorts of things that people would have thought would be years in the future um, are happening now. And I think AI is the thing that's moving really fast and machine learning. I can tell you after that would probably be robotics, so we already are looking at that too. I would have thought that um, that the 
area of artificial intelligence would have been at least five years out, but it's moving really fast. Mm -hmm. So just a couple of bonus questions yeah. now. What's your favorite motorcycle, and are you still riding? I am still riding. Um, uh, I just bought a brand new R1200 RS BMW, um, which is enduro, um, which is a whole lot better for me at my age than um, the uh, Panigale S that I had from the Ducati. 11, the 1199, right? Yeah, 1199. I think it's turned into 1299. Oh really? Which is really scary. You turned it into twelve ninety nine. No, no, they, they, they make did. it into twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. So I took the eleven ninety nine S and I I made it an R, which is the race version, mm -hmm. and then I got really scared because it was two hundred and twenty horsepower to four hundred pounds. That's it's like, like a one uh, rocket ship. It's same like same configuration as a, yeah. same relationship as an F one race car. So I, I decided that I, I'd move back to BMW, but I, I get caught in between uh, Ducati and BMW as the favorite motorcycle. I remember uh, on a Saturday, because I used to have a, a Yamaha yeah, R1, right. I think, and um, I rode in one day, and it was a Saturday in, in the old space. It was, you know, it was dark, and we had to turn the lights on, and I remember seeing a silhouette of someone walking towards me. <laughs> and it really like threw me, you know. And then it was you with all your leather on, yeah. getting your your bike out, and you're like, you want to go for a ride? And, I, and Michael Schramm actually told me once. He said, if Bob ever asks you to go for a ride, say no because you'll never be able to stay with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? No, I got to do some work. So uh, I still, I it takes me an hour to get dressed. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these things that you'd add as a race. Mm -hmm. That I think I need now because I don't want to fall off uh, without them. Yeah. Um, you know, there's it's a lot of Kevlar stuff, but anyway, I still love it. That's great. My new thing though is side by sides. Do you know what those are? No. You, you know, ATV um, off the road vehicles. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like that, but that's a single seat, and then the person could go behind. These are this way. Okay. So. Um, I have um, quite a number of them, and um, you mean like the slingshot, like the flyer They're slingshot? like um, Can Am makes one. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I know. Kawasaki. Yep. Have both, and uh, John Deere mm -hmm. have those three, and they once you get used to trails, it's a wild yeah. ride. It's a little like um, rally racing, you know, rally car yes, racing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning the trails. That's my currently and then I'm gonna take Cordova for a real good spin. All right, well, you gotta be careful. <laughs> um, so what other profession would you uh, rather be doing than the one you're currently? The only one that I'd be interested in that I've thought about is politics, but I know that I wouldn't be doing that for one thing, and I know I wouldn't be good at it. But I gotta say, you know, people are very critical of, of uh, this particular political season and, uh, and, and Trump and Hillary, et cetera. But um, if you watch what they're doing, I really think it's the best training for people in our business. Um, 
So it's what I look at the most because you know, there's parts of it that are um, you know, about policy, which is interesting, and there's parts that are about how to take questions and offset them, and there's a lot of salesmanship going on, and there's a lot that's being done in communications and uh, advertising, marketing, and so forth. It's just a really interesting phenomenon, whether it's in the United States or more importantly outside um, London as an example. So I, I use it as something to study and I sometimes think that would have been an interesting thing to have gone into, um, but, but I didn't and I'm glad I didn't. Well, if you do, I'm gonna vote, I'm gonna vote <laughs> for you. Vote for me? Definitely. You got one. Thank you. <laughs> it's a start. Exactly. So we're gonna wrap it up with the perception favorite five. This is just one, 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 one answer um, question. So your favorite book? Um, Catcher in the Rye. Favorite color? Uh, blue. Favorite movie? Conforming. Favorite food? Spaghetti in Italy. Okay. Favorite saying or quote? Um, Wow, probably anything that Bob Dylan wrote. That wraps it up Thank for, you. for us. Thank you Thank so you much for, for being on the Perception channel.